0: Brethren, what makes me happiest is the simple things in life. And sometimes things are just easy, right? Now, for me, the number one example of something that's easy is after I spend 20 minutes in front of you fumbling with my stupid camera, trying to make sure that it's nice and crystal clear. (laughs) And then the reward, the pristine colors of the jerseys on my wall here after that time has has passed.
1: Yeah, no, it's, it's absolutely amazing. And obviously, the reward makes it all worthwhile. And that's just it. And
0: so... On the note of rewards, if we can just segue here for a second, you know, looking at all these beautiful jerseys and seeing what a reward it is to be able to see them in such clear color, it, made, it got me thinking, hey, jersey rewards. And hmm. then I thought, I have an idea. Go to ElmontYouthSoccer.com. Like, is that not just the perfect place where you can combine the rewards with the jerseys? I feel like you put those together and there's,
1: there's nothing else I can nothing. There's nothing else. No, brilliant. It's, it's an amazing thing. And, and listen, it will be a great birthday present for you. Oh, bro, don't even get me started on that. You are gonna you remember it's my birthday? We'll no, talk about my birthday strings.
0: when the show starts. But you know what? My birthday gift to you, everybody. My, yeah, you heard that right. Not your birthday gift to me. You want to do me a favor for my birthday? Go to elmontyouthsoccer.com. Enter the promo code TJW10 at checkout. But I give you this for my birthday. It's a gift for you. Go to elmontyouthsoccer.com and enter the promo code TJW10 at checkout to get some of the finest jerseys on planet Earth. Start building your own jersey wall collection. Do it for your men's league team, for your women's league team, for whatever it is that you want to collect jerseys for. ElmontYouthSoccer.com is the only place on planet Earth to make it happen. Affordable prices, pristine quality, TJW10. That's all we got for you today. On today's episode of the Jersey Wall Podcast, we're going to be answering some pressing questions that need to be answered in the world of footy right now.
1: golden hour in winter that's amazing okay all right i think you got something to say to me right do i i don't know i don't have i don't have anything to say to you however i do have something to sing to you please let me hear it do you know what this is do you know what it's gonna be i
0: I don't know i mean i i might have an idea i don't know i would hate to guess and be wrong especially on today of all days everybody
1: at home everybody at home please join me (coughs) in wishing mr nathan santos master chef nay himself Creator of the Jersey Wall podcast, brought to you by ElmotUsocker.com. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Nathan. Happy birthday to you.
0: Thank you, bro. There we go. Wow. What a performance. What an, honestly, we should wrap the show thank now. Thank you. Hey, nothing appreciate else. Thanks, it. guys. Take care. I think so, too. See you next week. I think so. Of all the years and years, the five years of audio brilliance that we've gifted our listeners with, I think that singing is the best that we've ever heard. Better than the I, deal, I, I deal that you would get that. at ElmontYouthSoccer.com, by the way.
1: <laughs> like, that singing… I don't think so. That, that's honestly the best deal that you could get. True. I don't Maybe think the equivalent. ElmontYouthSoccer.com's mm-hmm. yeah.
0: promo code of TJW10, that's yeah. ours, is to you guys, what Mina's singing is to me, which is just like the greatest gift you could ever receive.
1: Hey, Thanks everybody. I think this singing is TJW9, oh, code.
0: That's true. Yeah, like okay, just want a little bit less. A little bit less, That's true. Hey, and there's nothing yeah. wrong with that, right? Like sometimes you just, you strike gold <laughs> and it's just absolutely perfect. Can't do anything about it. That's what, anyway, this isn't still part of the ad read. This is the show. This is episode number 127 of the Jersey wall podcast. And brethren, do you know what you get when you add up Absolutely. the digits one, two, and seven? You get a yeah, perfect ten. 10, Elmont, you like No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you get a perfect <laughs> 10. <It's> the, <laughs> bro, we should do an episode one day. All roads lead to Elmont, Youth. suck. That's it. what we oh. should do. We should just do an episode one day where everything is just a misdirect. <laughs> and we just keep looping it back to that. And people will just be like, okay, we get it already. So, no. <laughs>
1: just, and it will be the longest episode. Yeah, It'll be 10 exactly. hours. Because on the 10th hour, we'll just remind just you. Just so you know. It's 10 hours every hour for every, every single percent that you get to save on ML. Can you UC. imagine if we com. turned in
0: one of those podcasts? That after every, qu- like all the questions we're going to answer today, we're going to address them, we're going to discuss them. After outs. every single question, yeah. this question is brought to you by,
1: oh L- <laughs> my. No, and if you're saying we're sellouts, absolutely. We are, yeah, please bring in the cash. Thank you.
0: The computer cool. going to tell me mid-sentence that I'm out of freaking room. Tell you what? <laughs> you no, know, you're out of room. All right, don't tell me about the storage of my computer. Stupid. All right, guys, that, interrupt, that harshed my mellow, okay? I was having a really good birthday episode. We were talking about nonsense, and then my computer says, by the way, by the way, you're out of storage. And I said, really? Because I'm pretty sure it's 20 gigs. Anyway, the battle of Nathan versus computers, one for another day. Um, today, do you remember what I was saying before we got so rudely interrupted by technology?
1: Honestly, I don't. Of course not, because that's the point of the
0: bro talk discussions is that no one's ever going to remember them because they stupid, right? (laughs) I think what we were saying was that I'm very appreciative of the birthday wishes. And thank you, everyone, for being here for episode number 127 of the Jersey Wall podcast. As always, I'm your host, Mr. Nathan Santos. That is Brethren FC Mina back in Canada, who, by the way, since he's gone to Old Trafford, has not changed his virtual background. I'm starting to never think won. that it's not a virtual background anymore. I'm starting to think that that is just a picture you took. All <laughs> right, you know what? This is it. Thanks, guys. No, it, like, it is. Like, I'm convinced easy. that this is actually the selfie that you took. And if you were to move right now, it would still be your face smiling. Now, i will Never I'm know. Not, we'll yeah, never know. I'm gonna right? keep that a mystery.
1: It has to keep things. that a mystery till the till the last Jersey Wall episode. Oh, that'll be so for everything. Well, when we die.
0: Ah. Bro, that's 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 really harsh, you, Milo. I forgot that we died. Yo, that's sad, man. We're one day we gotta leave behind a
1: legacy of the podcast.
0: We're not just gonna record this forever. Oh man, that's a really good point. Now I feel silly. I'm forgetting it. that that we're Anything. not eternal. I'm inching closer because I'm now 24.
1: I'm proper. Actually, uh, that is true. I mean, you're you're approaching. That's a proper, true. Thank proper you. Yes, quarter quarter life meltdown. Like you're about to have that real soon.
0: You know, when I first started shaving my head, I was 22 years old. It was December 28, 2020. I was still 22. Okay. About uh, Mm -hmm. about a month removed from my birthday, about to turn 23. And so the whole time that I've been bald, I've been saying, you know what? I'm more of a young, cool bald. And yeah, I totally got that from Family Guy, right? The one episode that Peter goes bald and he's like, it's a young, cool bald. That's me. (laughs) I've enjoyed being that. But as I get older, people are going to forget that I'm young, cool bald. And they're going to be like, oh, he just lost his hair. And it's like, That's not, I mean, you know, (laughs) I I don't want to play this technicality game. I do this by choice, all right? And I will continue being bald by choice until it is no longer a choice. But at that point, you are not going to know. No one's going to know because I've been bald by choice for my whole
1: life, right? Right, right. Like how we just found out that Ashley Young was bald by choice and he was was shaving his head to be a psychopath. Yeah,
0: because if I had that hairline, like I, you know, bald by choice, I still have hair, but my hairline 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 started to... On the on the on the left side you, of my head, no, on the, the right Sha- side of my head. Shaquille I started O'Neal to get hairline. the uh, my my hairline looked like Sadio mondays but only on one side, <laughs> only on one side of my head. So I was like, okay, I gotta fix this.
1: And you think uh, that's why he colors it in blonde.
0: A hundred percent,
1: yeah, I absolutely think that's why.
0: True. Now, before we started recording, you mentioned something about the beauty that is golden hour in the winter, and I would mm. just like to say, bro, it really is. Like, it's there's something about a crisp winter day when there's no wind and it's just really cold and it's sunny, all right? Like for me, th- the worst conditions for driving, by the way, like worse than snowing, because you can, you can see about the same, right? The sun yeah. reflecting off of the, the snow makes it impossible to drive. It's no fun, it's no, no fun. It's horrible. But alternatively, if it's snowing super hard, you can't say anything anyway. So snow, what are you gonna do? Always, Honestly, always a Honestly, I
1: think that the perfect weather is light snow, like the fluffy snow. Mm. Not not any more than a centimeter or like five centimeters of snow. Yeah. But instantly melting snow. Right. With pretty. zero wind whatsoever. Mm. Yeah. And then sunlight. And not that cold. And sunlight yeah. in the... Di- bro, that's a proper like music video for an Elton John song. Because honestly, like t- three or four times a year that happens here in Canada. And then you're like, hmm. Yeah. This is perfect. These it are is perfect, perfect conditions. It is. It's it's because the New Year's Eve snow. Time. You know, it's yeah, the exactly. it's the snow
0: that falls right at midnight on New Year's Eve. And you're like, this is beautiful, and you feel yeah. a little like It's the up Christmas for a miracle
1: type of yeah, type of snow. Exactly, hundred yeah, percent. No, it's it's crazy because ninety nine percent of the time here, the wind is just the bane of my existence. Honestly. Oh like my god! So get this. Yesterday, I'm going to work.
0: Right, I I leave for work at no later than seven thirty every morning to be at the school because I don't live far from from the school. I have my nice winter coat and I've had it for a few years. Um, And it's 7.30 a.m. I'm literally walking out the door zipping up my coat, snap my zipper. (laughs) <laughs> now i'm like are you like in terms of inconvenient time, most inconvenient now, yeah. here's the thing there have been two occasions the first time that the zipper on this coat broke was a number of years ago all right this is actually a, an interesting story that i'm remembering about it's my birthday right i have to i'm I'm thinking back about the times yeah you know i'm reminiscing to my younger days and it was when i worked at mark's okay i bought the coat from mark's the zipper broke, but it was only the metal part that actually helps the zipper go up and down. Not, the, not along the zipper line. That still slides. Just no still like
1: the tag. yeah. Just
0: like the tag part broke off. So I went, oh, man, what am I going to do? So what I did was I fished around and found like a little like, you know, those little aluminum rings that you put keys on? Yeah. So I put one of those in where the zipper goes and then I taped it and then I put a clip on it. So it was my functioning zipper. Okay. Okay. Now it broke off when I was wearing it and I had it zipped up to the top. Okay, now I Mm. could not break this zipper (laughs) for my life. It took, and I'm not kidding, working at Marks, I was maybe 17, 18 years old. It took the entire staff of Marks more than 40 minutes while I'm sweating bullets, trying to get this winter (laughs) coat off me because it's it's tighter on the neck, I couldn't take it off and we couldn't break the zipper to go down. And then people are coming clumsily (laughs) with scissors (laughs) And I'm like, you're going you're gonna to proper just decapitate me with the scissors here, right? And what I had done was I had accidentally <laughs> fished the, the line through, not the part of the zipper. So the, the way that zippers work is it's like a little spring release, right? And the gear yeah. kind of pushes it so it is able to move up and down. I had clipped it through the back end of it, which meant that it could not move. No way. So I almost pulled my head off trying to take this coat off my head. I looked like a proper ostrich having somebody hold me by the waist. Somebody pull me by the freaking, by the jacket (laughs) while it finally pops off my head and we all celebrate like mad. Right. Then when we're leaving the store later that night, I can't put the jacket on. Right. So I have to just like be freezing cold until somebody (laughs) came to pick me up. All right. This isn't the best part of the story. When I get home, I explain (laughs) to my dad this problem. Now, Along Portuguese lineage, it is impossible yeah. to find sympathy from a father for a craft, okay? Yeah. Because Portuguese dads, especially the ones in construction, my dad for 40 years, know more than anything else how to problem solve. And I feel like I've picked up on this you pretty fix well. fix everything. I thought I was crafty getting the little metal ring to be the substitute for my zipper, right? And then I just accidentally messed up and I put it through the back so it was stuck. So I told my dad... Dad, we tried with pliers, scissors. We brought everything but a freaking blowtorch to get this thing off. I'm telling you, you can't undo the zipper. Yeah. Uh, you know where this what is. What does going. he do? My yeah. dad goes, yeah? Okay. I go upstairs just to change because I'm finished working. I'm going to put sweatpants on, a hoodie, whatever. By the time I get to the top of the stairs, this is what I hear. Hey, science, get down here. <laughs> he called me Science. He called me science because I was taking a high school science course at the time. Okay. And I said, Yeah, what is it, Dad? And he goes, Look, zoop, 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 zoop. And he's zipping uh, it up and down. I'm like, Dad, what did you do? Like, what happened that you were this able will to must fix? Be a this different right? It's like, 100%. We prepared, this,
1: we prepared this earlier, and then they take the turkey out of the oven. Exactly. It's like, like bro,
0: it's impossible that you just fixed it, least of all, this quickly, that you just fixed it in general. There's no way that you just did that. And he goes, Nathan. You took you loaded the thing through the back of it, so it was physically impossible for you to do. All I did was undo the ring and put it in through the other hole in, in the zipper. No way!
1: Oh and I'm like, god.
0: "That's a thing? I didn't even know that. That's how zippers worked. I thought they were magic. I thought it was just that you slide. There's no science to zippers. There's proper <laughs> science to zipper." So he yells, "Hey, science, get down here!" to to imply you're book smart, you're not street smart, Nathan. Yeah, which which hurt me because I like to think on the blunt. Right? Oh my like, god. So I go, he, he fixes it. So now since then, I've been extremely mindful of this. And now I know this trick, right? This little piece of tape and the ring has, has served me for two full winters since, right? And this is a long coat. So it has a zipper at the bottom. So it's not so much tension on it, right? It broke at 7.30 a.m. Now, although I was able to fix it and he was able to undo it last time, at 7.30 a.m. as I'm leaving for work, it's not the time for me to be fishing for DIY DIYs. Oh, really affairs. I got to go. So what do I do? I grab my black, my my nice one with the buttons, right? Like this right. is a, not no hood on it. It's the nice, like, you know, it's the, it's the suit coat, right? It's the coat you'd mm-hmm. wear if you had a suit. I put this on. Now, this thing is very light. It's not made for like minus 30 degree.
1: No, it's, it's, made, it's made to be wearing like several layers and then you put like a trench coat on. Exactly. Of the house. No, yeah. this is not, not the jacket for that. Outside for a long sure
0: time. enough, it's the coldest day of the calendar, not just the calendar year so far, because there's only been, you know, 24 calendar days so far. But the whole winter season so far, this is the coldest day that I have duties outside and stuff. And I'm like, <laughs> nice, awesome. So I go to work and I have this coat, right? Then today I said, oh no, I'm not doing that again. So today what I ended up doing was taking the buttons of my proper winter coat, buttoning it up, snapping it, and then hugging myself the whole time so that no wind could get into it. Cause I'm like Brilliant. I'm so screwed
1: if no, listen. If, if this got, starts getting windy. I got one of those coats, but it was but it's like padded and stuff. Yeah. yeah. With I think you've seen it. It's like my navy blue one. It's got a separate zipper on the inside to act kind of like a wing breaker and Mm -hmm. then you do the buttons on the front and i actually got it at your previous place of employment um rw and co and it was honestly i've been around it it has got a lot of work experience yeah but go look for them in like march because yeah they're like 50 percent off well not only that but if you do it you got to
0: shop if you shop seasonally you're going to spend all your money right because that's when right that's when things yeah, are yeah. not on
1: sale. That's when they're full price, right? You're spending money when they want you to spend money. Exactly. You gotta beat the system. Can't be doing that. No, I, I buy always, my bathing I suits show, in the winter. My jacket's yeah, I in the winter. Hoodies in April. That's the most hoodies are always in April, man. 100%. They're taking them all. Speaking because of if hoodies. If you go in June, you won't find them.
0: TJW merch. Don't forget. The longest running Don't joke me. in the history of the podcast. Nice. <laughs>
1: <Mate>. Stop it.
0: <laughs> you know, we have them I, now, I actually
1: want us. No, I actually want us to not give away these hoodies.
0: You want it to just, just be so like an exclusive club?
1: Yeah, yeah. No, just so that we can keep this joke. No one gets the hoodies. Not even me or you. I have them though. Doesn't matter. You can't wear them. I think we lock them away somewhere, and then when we die, this will be a TJW time capsule. Oh. And then it'll be auctioned off. We'll We'll
0: sign it. it. Yeah. Yeah, we'll sign like the one in history. I'll put it on the wall. Because you
1: have to figure right, like the last dance on Netflix with Michael Jordan. (laughs) Like they sat on twenty-five years of content. Of it's the true. greatest very basketball good player of all time. It's fair. Yep. And they did nothing with it until people started chatting about LeBron James being the GOAT, and then he was like, "Boom!" And he got a production yeah. company that actually put together one of the greatest sports documentaries of all time. And like for sports modern times, it's not like this has been sitting on the shelf all for all
0: this time. It's like, hey, by the way, when the technology catches up, yeah. we'll make a documentary that'll and be. And we worth- have
1: the content.
0: Yeah. Exactly. They so already had listen, it, bro.
1: They're they were sitting on a bunch of bitcoin in like from people who <laughs> literally bitcoin and and they just like released it when when it was the time, so that's what we'll do with these hoodies.
0: Boom, can't wait. Um, you know what?
1: We'll make an NFT out of these hoodies and we'll sell, dude. Them.
0: speak I was just gonna say, speaking of NFTs, it's trippy because you remember the one that I sent you that's like an infinite picture, like you can just keep yeah. zooming out and zooming out and zooming out, and it's always another full on picture. And you're like, that's insane. I feel like that's what would happen if I put the jersey wall hoodie which has the Jersey wall on it, on the wall, it would be like you zoom in on it and then you zoom out and it's a bigger wall and then you just keep going and going and going. And then this is a still image from a bigger Jersey wall that's also on the wall. Just proper inception.
1: Those two and then the Quentin Tarantino ones are probably the only NFTs worth buying. (laughs) You know what Quentin Tarantino is doing? Stop, you're going to summon Gary V.
0: He's going to pop out of here and just
1: start yelling at (laughs) us. No, but you know what, what Tarantino did? He's like, <laughs> if you own, like, the whatever NFT on that day for, like, uh, wh- whenever. Like, if you're the owner of the NFT at that day, then you get to have lunch with him or something. Uh, or you oh, get that's to cool. Him. Yeah. So, it's like, it's sick. Like, every year, if you're the owner of that NFT on a certain day, then you get to hang out with Quentin Tarantino. That
0: is cool. That's yeah. amazing. But we're not, this isn't the NFT podcast. I mean, it might as well be the crypto podcast, but bro, crypto freaking crashed today. All of my coins has crashed 15% today. (laughs) I'm like, oh my God. And then it's funny because they say, okay, it's when it's on sale because it'll, uh, listen, like insider trading, whatever. I have none. This, it's going to go up. Most of the, especially if you're smart, if you're gambling on randomness, then don't be silly, but if you're actually doing proper research and you know it will. So they say, okay, well, on days like this where it kind of crashes. Only
1: money that you can afford to lose.
0: Right, and don't get greedy with it. But then also on days when it crashes are the days to buy, right? Because then it's like you're getting it on sale, pretty much is what they say. The problem is I look at my net worth based on what I have invested. And if all my money crashes, then I'm like, ah, I'm broke. But then when it goes up, I'm like, ah, I got money so I could afford to do it, right? So the way that it kind of balances out is that when it crashes, I'm like, oh, no, now I have no money.
1: I look at my net worth based on what's in my savings account. Because that's what the that's on, that's what taxes
0: mm, I have that's to pay, fair. right? Like, that's fair. That's if you, fair.
1: if you chat to me about anything else, I'm like, nope sorry, I only have this much in my bank account. I could have a million dollars in NFTs or in stocks, or right, right, right. I don't care about that. Yeah, not it's yours true. to touch.
0: That's why I always. That's why you was <laughs> consider it as as. That's why I always say, bro, I'm broke. I'm broke. I could be a hundred million. Yeah, I'm, I'm broke because it's not spending cash. That's the whole thing. That's why no. you stay on top. That's why we made the jersey wall <laughs> what it is today. elmont dollars <laughs>
1: <laughs> anybody got
0: five dollars <laughs> yeah so you stay a billionaire bro anyway guys i think i already did the warm-up but then we went into our proper bro talk just to get our flow back <coughs> no i'm not about to start rapping or rhyming don't worry not that kind of flow even I though i should on my grab the
1: mic from the top yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah just like grab it really but that'd be proper asmr especially on this listen to that wow that's some asmr on the mic right there
1: yeah, submit what you think that sound was and then uh, for a chance you to might win. win a hoodie.
0: No, if you do, you'll <laughs> get a, a, a personalized promo code to ElmontUdesucker.com. <laughs> uh, t- spoiler, it's TJW10. Okay, <laughs> uh, let's move on to the questions for today. Listen, guys, the reason that we've called this kind of pressing questions that need to be answered is because I don't know how many. All right, it might be as many as 10, it might be as few as five. It's really going to depend on time. And you guys know us, we love to ramble. So let's see how many. Now, That being said, there are quite a few topics in world football right now that I think had to be addressed that I think, like I said, like I wrote them, right? They're pressing questions that need to be answered right now, right? Because, and next week is going to be our recap of the January transfer windows filled with, you know, some of the best, the best transfers in January from this window, as well as some of the best rumors that may carry through to the summer. So spoiler look out for that one next week. Uh, But for now. I want to start us off with some questions that I think are genuine questions to be asked. And I think what we could do here is you and I can either debate them. I have not taken a side on them. I just know what they are because I wrote them. But we can really just say, okay, here's the position I'm taking. Here's the position you're taking. Let's debate it. All right.
1: Yeah. But if we I don't agree, know, I, I don't know these questions out of time. Yeah, yeah. No. No, I mean, it doesn't know. So I'm going to spring it on him.
0: But I have done little to no prep here. All I've done is write it down. All right. So let's start it off with this. Okay. Pressing question number one, and I'm going to keep it in the theme of of Mina, who is on the right side of the Ronaldo-United debate? All right? Let's give this one some context, all right? Right now, there's a bit of a feud going on between Cristiano Ronaldo and Manchester United because of the way that he, Ronaldo, thinks that the team should be performing and playing and what he expects from them versus what the big figures and coach and upper management really seem to be thinking of Ronaldo, which is like, you're stirring the pot here by saying all this stuff and it's disrupting chemistry. And Ronaldo's saying, I don't care, get on my level. Cause this is where we have to be. All right. I don't care which side, but I imagine you actually have an opinion on this. So I want you to take whichever position you want and I will argue to the contrary. Disclaimer, these are not always going to be our actual opinions. We're doing this for the sake of debating and for entertainment. First take style.
1: Boom, Mina go. What, who is on the right side of this debate? If you're a young player, that manchester united dressing room and you're looking at Cristiano ronaldo lacing up his boots saying this man's a bit intense you're wrong because yes he is a bit intense because he's got more goals than anyone that has ever put on a pair of boots and played a professional game ever in in the history of the earth you can't have a problem like if you have a problem with chemistry or you have a problem with his attitude towards you as a player because he doesn't rate you or he does, he's not willing to rate you, or he's not willing to give you praise or whatever, that's fine. But do you think, tying it back to the last dance, do you think Michael Jordan's teammates were like, were not saying that this right. guy's an asshole in training? Because he absolutely was an asshole in training. Yeah, They have it on camera. Again, 25 years of footage. Yeah, It's the same thing over here. Ronaldo's an asshole and he's always complaining on the pitch. That's fine. But when he's off the pitch, it's... He's a bit of an old head in that in that sense because kids these days, or the youngsters, I mean, in in the teams these days, are too fragile. They're right. making too much money. They have no leadership. And they always they always speak about playing with Manchester United standards. But as soon as anyone with a semblance of Manchester United standards step into the door, they start moaning. Right. So you can't come out and say interviews. Oh, we know what this club is about. We know how, you know. What what needs to be done to restore this club back to the thing, and then we're gonna keep doing it until we do. But complain as soon as someone who's actually won with the club is is speaking. And De Gea has been, you know, De Gea and Phil Jones were previously the only ones who had won a title with United in the, in this dressing room. So they know more about winning anything than anyone else in this team does. Yep. Especially at this standard of a club, you might have won something at other clubs, but. Nothing close to this amount of pressure, unless you're Varane or Ronaldo. Yeah, and Ronaldo knows how to win at Manchester United. And if you have a problem with him and his standards that he's be that he's setting every day, then you're the problem. I have to imagine some of the youngsters were complaining about Roy Keane yelling at them all the time, mm. but they had guidance, they had leadership from and from the other players in the in the side to actually blend them into the thing. It was a good cop, bad cop type of thing. And I know Ronaldo probably doesn't yell as much as Roqueen does. does. Yeah, no, that wouldn't be possible anyway. But if you, like, if you just put your ego aside as a 21-year-old who hasn't achieved anything and start being a sponge, then you're actually going to start to see, you know, standards. And Anthony Lang is in the side because of that. Antonio Langa is playing week in week out because he's not—he's putting his ego aside and he's working. Right. Before Ralph Ragna came in, the guy had one appearance and one goal, with no goal—you know—coming on the no uh, no appearance coming on the horizon. After that, Ralph Ragna came in, and all you see is is the bunch of you know Nancys who just want to like don't want to work. Yeah, on, put on the bench, and he's the one who's starting, and he, he got awarded a goal yesterday. Yeah, listen. I, I honestly, I
0: wish you hadn't taken this side because I, I would have loved to have argued that side, but I knew you this were going like to take that opinion. one. And the fact is, listen, you're right, okay? Because honestly, I agree with every single word that you've said, but for the sake of this show, I feel it's important to argue the other side because I know that there yeah. are people who are on the other side of this debate who say it doesn't it matter, matters. right? So let me let me take this position, okay? Fully admitting everything that you guys know about me and about my you know, allegiance to, to Ronaldo here, right? The other side of this coin is that nobody's bigger than the team right and a team works when it's succeed right the team for the team to succeed any team to succeed there has to be cohesion on the pitch and if your standards of excellence are so high that can that's allowed however your message the most important thing not only and i say this as like a, a content creator of whatever we have but from the bottom level to the absolute highest of the highs you have to be able to captivate your audience and make sure your message gets through to them. And clearly the way that he has gone about it is not working for his audience. It's not that his message is wrong. It's that the way that he's causing this trouble and trying to ignite the fire might motivate him, might work for, for how he would have learned back then. But if it's not working and these players need nurturement, then what he's doing is causing a detriment in the in the side because he's hurting his own reputation by saying, you know all these rumors that are going about. The club loves him. The club wanted to bring him back, and now he's causing so many problems in the dressing room. And the and then the kids who are coming up are saying, you know, never meet your heroes, man. This guy's not what I thought he was going to be. I thought he was going to nurture me and show me the ropes, and instead he's just demanding I be perfect all the time, and I can't be that because no one can be Cristiano Ronaldo, right? That's why there's only one of him. So the other side of this coin, then, it's important to, to really recognize this is that. As big of a a superstar or as big of an ego as you have, you also have to be, as the top-level player, be able to say, okay, I have to put this aside and say, they're not me, so how can I help to get the most out of this group? Because clearly just saying, just like, and you brought up the Michael Jordan example, I'll bring up the Wayne Gretzky example when he was a head coach. The greatest hockey player of all time was not a good coach. Why? Because you can't teach someone to be like you were, right? What you can teach them is how to get the most out of them. And what he needs to do at this stage of his career, being the leader the 37 year old almost leader who's still scoring almost 50 goals in a calendar year has to be able to say, listen, young players, this is how we did it back in my day. If you can't do it that way, not get out. If you can't do it that way, tell me how it is that I can get through to you and I will make sure that you look like a superstar on the pitch that we can win.
1: We don't know that he hasn't done that. And that's, that's the thing. We don't know what's What's on the dressing room. And you know, Ronaldo's more intense on the pitch than he is off the pitch. And in, in training, you see him conversing or any, and it doesn't look like there's a, a lot of these issues are media created non Yeah, The only thing that we're talking about is his interview with Sky where he said, I think kids kids these days are too sensitive and they need to be told what the, the reality and they need to work hard. That's the only, you know, s- the bite soundbite that we're actually uh, talking about. Absolutely. We don't know that he hasn't pulled someone aside in training. We don't know that he hasn't, you know, talk, spoken to Rashford or Greenwood or whoever, because these people have have an opportunity to learn from someone like Cavani and someone like Ronaldo, two two players with different attributes and different characteristics, but with the same kind of winning mentality yeah. and 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 hard work beats all mentality. Because you still see it to this day, Cavani runs all around the pitch. And Ronaldo runs.
0: To be yeah. fair to him, he has the most sprints. He just doesn't necessarily. Ronaldo, press in Ronaldo the same sprints. Way. He's he's yeah.
1: not going to track back, but he's still he still runs. He's still gets into good positions. He's just not being found in those good positions. Right. And it's not like he, he's staying in the box. Ronaldo goes out to the left. He switches with, with Rashford or whoever's yeah. playing, you know, on the left. He switches. They go into the center and then he tries to create for them. Granted, it's not as much as someone like Cavani does. So that's why people are arguing. Right. United are better without Ronaldo. And it depends I on the ball that- too. It
0: depends on what's going on, right? Because he's always been totally. the player. You can't expect now, if he's... See, we keep expecting players as they change... To, to reinvent themselves and to be new versions of players. Yeah. And to be fair, he's done that very well throughout his career, right? To be a flashy winger, to a dynamic one, to a direct one, right? To then being a striker all across the span of his of his long career so far. A pro- prolific finisher. No matter who or what like job he's had, he's always been better on the ball than off of it. And it's not to knock yeah. his movement. It's just that we know Ronaldo puts the ball in the net better than anyone. So why would we ask him to do anything more than that, Right. The mm-hmm. thing is now, it's exactly what you said, right? It's that the, the, because he's not necessarily delivering all the goals all the time, which is going to be impossible to keep up his own record, but part of it can't be all him because if you are that player, it's not in the same way that you have to create chances for yourself because I'm sure he wants to, right? As many yeah. goals as, and as much as he loves grabbing the headlines, I'm sure that his priority, it's, it works better for his legacy if United win a trophy while he's there than for him to go out and score another 100 goals. Cause he's like, yeah, yeah. okay. I scored hundred goals, but so what I need to make sure that I'm winning. That's the most important thing. So off the ball, it's a different thing. And United still have to figure out a lot of system problems that we can't just point the finger at him. The thing is when you bring someone in to be your savior, your savior and your God, and then he's not all the time, that's when the tensions start to boil. And that's when he demands, Hey, be better so that we can be better so that I don't get all this, all this stick. And then the snowball continues to roll.
1: Right? Yeah, I agree with that. And and honestly, Ronaldo's always been on the same mantra that if the team wins and I'm the best player in the team, I'm going to win a lot of individual right. trophies and records are going to come. He doesn't go out chasing records. Right. He's out to get as many goals as he can and get as many assists as he can while the team is winning. Right. Because if the team doesn't win, like you said, Ronaldo's not winning any of those trophies yeah. and he's not going to get any of those records. So you look at the players who have been the most important in our team this season, and it's been Ronaldo and De Gea, Obviously De Gea has yeah. been more important. Yeah, 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 he saved yeah. us way more times. But, the but then of again, Ronaldo like, has one. That's a pretty himself. good discussion to be, that could be a debate in and of itself. Who's been their
0: better player yeah. this year? Because you could say De Gea, that'd be a and you'd have a really strong argument, but you could also say how many points has Ronaldo won. Exactly. And if you were going to tally how many of how many points of each of them respectively won, it'd be an interesting debate because I, I don't know what that figure is.
1: Yeah. So I, I think that those two players are the only ones who can hold their heads up high in, in this season. Um you know, with with Bruno being a close second, but the rest have to figure it out. Not that not that he has to do everything else. I think it's just the performances and the the body language of some of the younger players, bar, you know, Anthony Alanga. Yeah. And to be fair to him, Scott McTominay has been grinding a lot. It's just he yeah. has his own limitations. Right. But and that's just the it. He's rest playing have to, to the like- best
0: of his abilities. It's just that his abilities aren't world class, right? he's yeah. doing what
1: he can and and when the match gets gritty like it did against Brentford you see a great Scott McTominay. Mm. it's just when he's absolutely played off the ball then that's that's when you see his limitations yeah but his his mentality and his body language going into games he always tries to do everything so right. if, it, if you're not doing that you're the problem not some 36 year old man who's demanding excellence every single minute yeah and, and he, that's just it and he me. has a right
0: to yeah and he has a right to but that that's a, we'll leave that discussion there Which side do you lay on? You can absolutely let us know, not only in the comments if this is turned into a YouTube video, but you can let us know uh, across all of our social media pages and just by reaching out to us directly. Uh, We'd love to hear your opinion. Uh, Another question that I have here, that was was a good one, eh? that was a good way to kick it off. Yeah, it was good. I knew that it would be. Um, What impact does Steven Gerrard have as a manager? All right. Now, I kind of, again, let me set some context for this one. This was a discussion I was having with a, a dude shout out Graham in a group chat that I have right from, from back in school as a soccer, Mm -hmm. you know, a footy friend. And he was saying, you know, the impact of drawing Coutinho shows that Gerard's impact, right. And Graham, for those who don't know, just to provide context here a United fan, but he's also uh, a Rangers fan, right. So Gerard did wonderful things for, Stephen Gerrard did wonderful things for the club and so he recognizes his importance as a manager and has probably seen a lot more of Stephen Gerrard as a manager than a lot of us has, have because we don't watch Scottish football. What's your right? Graham and Arsenal fan? No, no, uh, that's, that's Christian. Okay. Got Very a lot right. of friends following different clubs. Uh, <laughs> so Graham said, you know, that he thinks Gerrard has a big impact on Villa's ability to draw in players. And I kind of disagreed with this point. All right. I said, I'm not sure if, if that's true. Okay. So I want to offer you like, and the listeners, the circumstance here, right? Does Steven Gerrard, given what he accomplished as a player and his and how prolific of a player in a name that he is, he's a legend of the sport, have more pull than a manager does playing at a better team. Right? In other words, if you're player X, let's call him Felipe Coutinho, and you have the option to go to Arsenal or, or uh, Aston Villa, do you go to Aston Villa knowing they're not going to succeed in the same way that Arsenal does because you're more invested in having Steven Gerrard as your manager than you do Arsenal, right? His counter argument was, okay, but what about if we're looking at Steven Gerrard versus, versus Dean Smith, for example, right? Does he have more okay. pull than, than another manager? So this is the debate here. Does Steven Gerrard have actual pull as a manager? What side would you like to take?
1: Well, seeing that you you said that he doesn't, I'll, I'll yeah. I'm really Can, interested to hear more about that. Please, and I'll, and I would like the opposite. Okay, cool. Yeah. So let me start.
0: Now, to be fair, most of what I said when when he and I were discussing this, I was I was playing the devil's advocate here, right? And it's not okay. that I think that Stephen Gerrard. So I'm not used to necessarily leading this discussion, right? I'm more used to countering it. But it's not a disrespect to Stephen Gerrard, right? Stephen Gerrard has been a top level manager since. Can we call him a top-level manager? I'm not sure. He did an excellent job with Rangers. They were fantastic, and I'll give him all the credit for that. And since he has been at Villa, they've been outstanding as well. Okay? Full credit. It's very clear on the pitch, the way that Villa are playing now, what his managerial style is. Okay? And I'm not saying that he has no pull over former players because he used to play with Coutinho, right? We we see some of the rumors that, um, that Villa might go after Luis Suarez in the summer. Right? And you think, okay they would never go to Aston Villa unless Steven Jared was their manager, but he's only going because they used to play with him as a player. So they know him personally. All right. Mm-hmm. I don't think. And when I said the thing about versus Arsenal, that was my response to what he said. Well, do you think he has more pull than someone like Dean Smith? And I said, well, I don't think that's the question. I think the question that we have to look at here is, does he have more pull to take you away, to take a player away from moving to a better team? Right now. It might be that he has more pull objectively than someone like Dean Smith, who did an excellent job keeping Villa up. He did fantastic with them, ultimately got the sack because Villa thought that they can they can level up. And they thought Jared was the man to do that. But I think that speaks more to managerial ability than player pull, right? I think okay. that Steven Gerrard as a player, it obviously means something to some players to say, wow, I get to play under Stephen Gerrard. I would love to learn from him. But I don't think there are very many people, unless they used to play with... Gerard, or unless they're like diehard Liverpool fans, that would say Stephen Gerrard being the manager at Aston Villa makes me want to play for them. I will, and he said, "Wouldn't you rather play for for Gerrard than than Dean Smith?" And I said, "No, I would rather play for the team that I think is going to succeed better, the team that can get more out of me, right?" And so I, think my stance on this debate, to kind of summarize here, is that I respect what Stephen Gerrard had accomplished as a player, and I understand that he's a bigger name than some managers who are only you know, known because of what they've done as managers. But I don't think that Steven Gerrard as a manager is attracting players because of his managerial name. I think it's because of who he was as a as a player to these players specifically, like Coutinho. But that if push comes to shove, if a player had to pick between Aston Villa, who are on the rise, or let's say like, you know, somebody who is in the same position as them last season, like in Arsenal, for example. I know Arsenal are shooting up the table right now. Or something for like example, that, yeah. yeah, somebody like that. I don't know if Steven Gerrard being there is a is a more interesting project than a better team would be elsewhere.
1: I uh, see. I think it's very circumstantial, but I think it does have an impact because okay, I do like, me. honestly, as a United fan, I know I'm not silly. I know Stephen Gerrard's name is right. well known, and and gen- like obviously he deserves all of the the credit that he gets. Some of it is a little bit blown over the top, by the way, but yeah. he deserves a lot of the credit, and his name is his name for a good reason. Now. I think half of half of recruitment is the pull that you have, whether that mm. comes as a pull of a club or the pull of, of the manager himself. Because, for example, not a lot of players want to play for um, for Man City for its identity, but they, play, they really want to play for Pep, right? Maybe okay. some players don't want to play for Tottenham, but Antonio Conte is there, so I'm going to go play with Antonio Conte. Right. And I think that his... Achievements as a manager, and and I'm speaking about Stephen Gerrard here, are very clear. It's I've I've won all this stuff in Scotland, and and every, absolutely deserves all the plaudits that he gets for his job in Scotland yep. because he genuinely deserves that. And he has a very clear identity of how he wants to play. Now, half of the poll is the name because if you see Stephen Gerrard's number on on your phone, you're going to pick up. You're right. at least going to have a conversation, and that's half of it. You're already in the trap. Right. Because they know he knows that there's a respect there, yeah. So he can now speak to you as someone with a football mind, and we know that Steven Gerrard's football mind is is a brilliant one because he he was a top top player. Now, if I'm a player and I have the option of of going to Aston Villa to play under Steven Gerrard, or I can go to Wolves and play under Bruno. Lush, you No, know let, let me play a different scenario here. More.
0: Let me. I, I hate to interrupt, but let me give you a different scenario. Just on the note okay. of of namesake managers, let's say. Steven Gerrard signs for Aston Villa to be their new manager, right? And Chelsea signed Frank Lampard, right? So now we have two, maybe not Chelsea, because Chelsea are two, you know, like we've been there. We've seen that. Too high profile. Yeah. Yeah. But they pick a, let's say, I don't know, maybe not lead. Yeah. Like, let's say like a Leeds. just throw a mid table, an exciting mid table team. It could be Wolves, whatever that Frank Lampard manages, Right. Do you go to one over the other? Because these are two of the greatest English midfielders of all time. And we've seen what they can do, respectively, as coaches.
1: You're but then we're looking at the them. pitch. Right. For sure, but, you're going to speak to both of them because they have the pull. But then it's half of the pull. However, are you really going to go to the project that kind of ident- you identify less with? Right. No, you're going absolutely like, going to go to the project that you identify with more because... You're gonna to speak to them, and then they're gonna tell you. They're gonna to speak to you as the manager. They won't speak to you as former, former Liverpool yeah. legend Steven Gerrard. Right. Like the players going aren't to gonna fangirl
0: you know, over it. They're not gonna be like, oh my god. No, it's obviously, oh they're
1: gonna have the respect there. But they're, but then they're gonna listen about how the manager Steven Gerrard wants to use them in the team. Right. And I think as an added bonus, you do get the help. But that conversation doesn't happen without Steven Gerrard's pull. Yeah. For who he is.
0: Right. See, I think for me, my position has always been, and you know this, because think of the managers who I was pitching to United in their rebuild, right? I was pitching players, managers who are better tactically and stylistically than Ollie, for example, right? Yeah. Not necessarily the biggest names, because for me, I understand, listen, the Pep City example, obviously Pep is the best manager in the world. Everybody wants to play for Pep, right? And we can't, we, we recognize that. However, um, I think beyond Pep as like the clear number one manager in the world, I have to feel like a lot of, people's investment in projects is how the project is going specifically on the pitch. And that's why I don't like, I, I kind of feel like I have to discredit the name a little bit and you're right. The name is half of the pull, but I feel like the ultimate decider is what happens on the pitch. On and the it's pitch the itself, way yeah. that you line up your side and the way that you get the most out of them that determines that. Right. Because yeah. I could say, Oh, Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer was a freaking champions league winner. Like he's an elite level player in his day. He was great. It's, I don't know anybody who wants to go play for him now. Okay. You want to say Steven Jarrett's a way bigger legend in the league and and in the world than, than Ollie. I'm willing to hear that, but are you not willing to hear what I'm saying here too? Right. Which is that just because you're a great player doesn't meet, doesn't mean you're going to be a great manager. Right. And I actually used the example of Thierry Henry. That was what I said. I was like, Thierry Henry was a terrible manager. He had two stints. Both of them were bad, right? He was okay as the assistant coach of Belgium, but then when he, when he took over Monaco, terrible. When he took over at, at Montreal, it took him a long time to get anything going because he couldn't get through to the players. He was like <laughs> – I remember hearing sound bites when watching it on TSN where he was like – he would be yelling at players, do you know how to pass? Then do it. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, where he's just like yelling, like, I come remember, on. Yeah. Right? So I feel like the the namesake of a manager, you know, doesn't supersede what they do on the pitch because I think ultimately – how the club is doing on the pitch and the investment around the project is what sells it for players.
1: There are plenty of examples of that, yeah. right? Gary Neville, uh, yeah. Roy Keane, right. um, what's his name? Frank Lampard. Mm. There are plenty of examples of that. Yeah. But you can have a terrible player like Jurgen Klopp, for example, and, they're, yeah. and he's one of the best managers in the world. Exactly. Antonio Conte, Pep Guardiola, and Zidane were outstanding players, and yeah. they're great managers. Obviously, some of the best in the world. But then again, it's what happens on the pitch. The proof is in the pudding. Right. At some point, that poll runs out and then you leave. But uh, but again, my position is that that conversation doesn't happen without the poll. Because if Steven Jarrod rings you up, even if it's me, if, Steven, if I see Stephen Jarrod's name on the, phone, on the phone, I'll
0: pick it up. You're going to pick it up and say, by the way, you're not a Hall of Famer. Yeah, you've never and won then, a and
1: then, yeah, and then just hang up.
0: <laughs> just hang up. Just remind <laughs> him. Just send him the link. Ignore the call and then send him the link to the episode that
1: we did of the Top 10 Hall of Fame. And you're like, yeah, you're not in it, buddy. Sorry, <laughs> I'll just send them the 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 reel of skulls laughing when he yeah, says, just a little smirk.
0: <laughs> all right, can we move on from uh, from Jared? Yeah, all right.
1: Actually, can I can I just say like yeah. real talk? This is my opinion. I don't care what he's done or what he's or who he's played for. Obviously, he's gonna wind up the fans like at Old Trafford. Like there was a lot of back and forth between yeah, the course. fans and him and between so the, the captain and of your, your biggest
0: rival, obviously. Exactly.
1: But still, what he does as a manager, it, that completely is an unbiased discussion because yeah, the, it's it's an exactly
0: hundred clean, clean cou- percent I couldn't agree more
1: late. and you can't and you can't let the bias of him as a player come into that. right. So I agree. I absolutely respect everything that he's done as a manager so far, and it will be interesting to see how he does in the prem. Yeah, I thought the next move for him would have been the championship, but I'm excited to see that someone's trusting him, yeah. in the prem, just like the same thing with Frank Lampard. And we'll see how that goes.
0: Yep, absolutely. Um, can we move on now from yeah, from, uh, from this? From I actually State State kind G. of want to stay on Villa, but I want to look at another example in Villa, okay? Okay. I think you know where I'm going with this. Uh, my question here, Mina, can Felipe Coutinho revive his career at Aston Villa? Now, this isn't the Aston Villa episode, but I feel like these discussions are a little bit beyond Villa. Right. What I'm really yeah. asking here is Felipe Coutinho is a player who many had written off, and Jurgen Klopp called it. He said, If you leave here, you're going to be the player who is just another average one there. But if you stay here, you can be a proper legend. Yeah. And he said, No, I'm sorry, man. Listen, the, when Barca comes calling, you just can't turn that down. And and to be so honest, I thought that America he got. Honestly like- yeah, I, I feel like he got a bit of a harsh reputation at Barca. If you look at his output, which is what he was primarily brought in for. He actually did pretty respectably, right? But people were mm-hmm. expecting him to be like him and Messi producing similar numbers, which is just preposterous, right? You can never, Absolutely. you can never, ever, ever, you know, compare, you know, one player, even for 180 mil that they bought him for, which by the way is what put Liverpool where they are. Selling him was probably the best thing that they did, right? But that was a yeah. long time ago. It feels like it was a long time ago. We, well, the sentiments that we feel is that he has big time fallen off in the last few years. And so I ask to you, This new ground, now playing, he's got, you know, maybe not as much expectation or not as much pressure because he's just playing at like a mid-table Premier League team, right? Under a manager who used to be his captain when he was playing. And when he was playing under him, he was really ascending to levels we had never seen before, right? We didn't think that he would be able to hit the heights that he did, and then he kept getting better and
1: better. Can Felipe Coutinho revive his career at Barcelona? He can. I'm just going to say no. I'll take this. You're going to take the no, I don't. Okay. All right, go. I I think I think yeah, absolutely that's good because I want the optimistic and
0: one. That's, I'm glad.
1: Good, yeah. I don't see. I think it's very possible. I just don't think it's probable. I think that Felipe Coutinho, a uh, uh, 70% Felipe Coutinho, couldn't even get into the Barcelona side. And I know that it's a oh, different mm, a different thing, I see what but you're saying. it's and the it's Barcelona side as there. it is that's now. That's a good argument. Yeah, it's like it's like the Donny Van de Beek thing. Like right. Donny Van de Beek, it, there's no one better supposedly in ability ahead of him in the current Man United field, except for Bruno. But the other two positions are are open and he's constantly not being played by three different managers now. Yeah. So tying this back to, to Barcelona, Coutinho couldn't even get into that side. That's so a fair point. Yes, he can He can be an average player for Villa. I just don't think that he will be able to revive it to the heights that we've seen him have at, um, at what's call it called, at Liverpool beforehand. Yeah. I think it's it's a very possible thing and i think he'll have a, a rise where he's super hot and the confidence of you know playing with his former captain and scoring against man united getting assists against man united but i think once that settles you'll see you'll see him come back to his true colors yeah and at the moment i just think that it has fizzled up for him unfortunately and i don't think he's more than a 9 to 10 goal player for for a season see i like that you took that approach because actually that's a really interesting
0: way to look at it, right? It's that, you know, he wasn't making an impact at Barcelona when Barcelona were freaking unbelievable. But then he also wasn't making an impact when they were terrible. Now, I'm gonna take him out of that because I'm saying, remember the question, can he revive his career at Villa? You remember last week we were talking about potential clubs for free agents, right? Yeah. And I said Ousmane Dembele, I think he's still got and you said Nathan Lizzemann. It's like the Anthony Marcial thing there. It's like he might be a good player, but the situation just isn't working for him. I'm going to look at this and say the situation is what has not worked for Felipe Coutinho. And I bet you, they execute the 40 million, you know, barring injury. I bet they they execute the buy option by the end of the season because 40 million for a player of what his caliber is, even if he's not delivering, like he used to, I don't need him to be the, the player of the year. Right. But you can revive your career. I think that this question is up for interpretation, right? Cause for me, reviving your career would be changing the narrative about you. Right. Okay. If we're still looking at Felipe Coutinho as a disappointment, we have a problem right because now you've you've taken a few steps down in theory you should be able to really not just set the league on fire but change the reputation around your name i think if he was a nine to ten if he gets nine to ten goals before the end of the year that's a ridiculous output right but even in a full yeah. calendar season if I mean, let's say a he's a player season, yeah. who can get 20 goal involvements which by the way doesn't sound that hard because he had that at, at barca right if you look at the way that the Villa project specifically is ascending, and the player that he was, and the player that I, that he even was at Barcelona, he maybe not be the the player that he once was, and I'm okay with that. But I don't think he's gone here as like a retirement thing, and it's going to be Felipe Coutinho now goes to Villa, and now goes to you know Brighton, and then goes MLS, to or and, and MLS, and then just keeps dropping, dropping, dropping. I think we're looking at Felipe Coutinho right now going. We have a new dawn, a new day, a new life, and I'm feeling good, right? Michael Bublé wrote it. Nathan Santos says it here and now. (laughs) I think that Felipe Coutinho can get his mojo back here. And I think at the very least, that's all they're really looking from, right? That's the way that I interpret this question that I wrote is to, (laughs) which it is important to know. I I wrote the question, (laughs) but I think he can revive his career. And what it means, it's not getting back to a player who's worth 180 mil, but a player who can make a significant impact on the pitch and grab headlines. I think Felipe Coutinho, I don't think that chapter is behind him. I think he's turning a new chapter. And I think the, maybe not the best is yet to come, but we're gonna see a a version of a player that we remember because he was a shell of himself at Barcelona, at least according to what we were always being told because he wasn't grabbing the headlines, right? now he has the chance um, to
1: that's true i think i think he can be the star in that villa team yeah and even if he doesn't get the numbers but he has a better performance i'd be willing to change my argument but for right. now i'll say that it's kind of just the the mentality shift of being back you know back with friends and, and being in a good environment i just think that that's going to fizzle out at some point and i'm not sure when that point is but I, I I wouldn't put it past him to not perform as well as we hope after they get the the forty they activate the forty million bio, bio I think that if they do that in the summer, I think he'll struggle come September or mm-hmm. August even. I, I just don't think it'll be the same player. All right. Fair. Uh we can leave it there again,
0: guys. I want I want all your opinions. I want you guys to tell us. Am I crazy? Is Mina crazy? Tell us. <laughs> um the I'll do two more. Okay. I think we can do two more yeah, questions yeah. here and then we can wrap. Um, question number four for the day is are real Madrid an actual European threat this season? Now this is actually, I think it's a little bit, it, you, you kind of have to think about it for a That's second. Right? Question. We've seen in theory, the Madrid side that we've seen that has not been assembled over the last two years. And I use that word not yeah. been assembled because they were just not buying anybody. They were like, no, no, no. Like, you know, we're we're not in a position right now to have this massive window. Our galactical window will come, but we're not in that position right now. So it seemed like they kind of, the kings of Europe took took, you know, the their foot off the throats a little bit, right? Where they were kind of like, all right, yeah, we, we have to ease up here and we have to to go through a bit of a shakeup. And then when they lost Varan and Ramos, who were two champions league, like one of the best defending defensive pairs that anybody has ever assembled, right? Absolutely. They lost both of them. You're losing your captain. You're losing losing Ronaldo. Bale's not what he was. Hazard isn't working out. Madrid had a lot of problems, right? Luka Modric isn't getting any younger. Cruz, you know, is he still doing what he once was? I don't know, right? Like there were, uh, Marcelo's fallen out of the team. It was a bit of a a change-up period for Real Madrid. So we looked at it and said, okay, they're going to get all the free agents. And when they do, they're going to terrorize Europe again. But I'm not looking that far into the future. Right now, the way that Real Madrid are playing is tearing it up right they've harlow really magic it they've figured it out really carlo ancelotti didn't win a championship by accident bro he's like no no you must have forgot i played for everton because they paid me a lot <laughs> i have freaking still a top level manager and he has figured out how to get the most out of a lot of these players and he said to a lot of these players look at me your time here is not finished and they went that's great okay right <laughs> and they were excited they're like yeah and now for the younger players so like like you know um federico valverde he's like I want to play. What am I going to play? <laughs> like, bro, you could play when Madrid stops playing because he, he doesn't look like he's, he's ready to share the spotlight just yet. But we look at this Real Madrid side, and I don't think that they are ready to, to say goodbye. Now, the question here is, are they an actual European threat this season as presently constructed? I think I've provided enough context. Which side of this debate would you like to stay on?
1: I'll, I'll take the difficult one. I'll, I'll say no. Because You want to say no, I actually
0: good. think that's... An, okay, that, see, I don't know if that's the more difficult one. I think this is a proper 50-50, right? Go really? ahead, tell me. Tell me why.
1: I just, I'll say, I'll let you be positive about Real Madrid because you've always been more, you know, you've liked Madrid more, I yeah. think, throughout the years yeah. than I have. And More um, Madrid than Barcelona in
0: the classical debate.
1: Yeah, I'll yeah. say no, because I think that City, Bayern, and Liverpool all have a stronger claim for the Champions League. Even, even if, that's and I argument. think if they meet... If they meet some, one of those teams throughout this, you know, this road to the final, they lose. And they already have a very big, big tie against PSG. And we know PSG yeah. hasn't been clicking not nearly as much as, as Real Madrid have been clicking. So I actually favor Real Madrid to get through past PSG. Yeah, me But too. once they do, who, who do they meet? How far can they get until they meet one of Liverpool, City, or Bayern Munich? Yeah. Because all those teams are much stronger than them. And I think that with luck on their side, they still will be able to win. It's it's just those teams are way too good at the moment against anyone in in Europe. And I think those teams are probably going to be three of the last four in in the semifinal. Yeah.
0: And listen, I think I agree. I, I agree. And to be honest, that's the counter. That's immediately what I would have gone to as well if I was on that side of the argument, which is that you know, we have to look at their competition. But I actually think it says a lot about Real Madrid. If the only reason that we could say that they're not an actual European favorite is because there are a few teams that are better than them. Yeah. Because we know that I didn't, you know, the question isn't, are they the, the favorite to win the Champions League this season? It's, are they an actual European threat? And I would say the answer is yes. Now I outlined, you know, which side of the the debate I was on when I was providing context, right? Because a lot of it is that Madrid have looked quite positive, right? And not only looking ahead to the future, but for right now, when Real Madrid's competition mindset starts to kick in, bro, there's few clubs that can deal with it, right? Because this is a this is a still an elite totally. this squad. This win. is still yeah. arguably the greatest midfield ever assembled, right? Arguably one of the most accomplished on the pitch as well. Maybe not in the way that we remember the Iniesta and the the chavi kind of duo but when we look back when these players are retired we're going to be like dude that was a proper era because these players not only their talent in their in their day but their longevity that they were able to hold out for so long and be so good is going to really help their you know the the arguments in their favor now if i'm gonna say are they an actual european threat this season i think the answer is yes and i think that because i think real madrid have the ability to surprise some people this season now I'm not okay. going to say that they can that they're an outright favorite but we look at Real Madrid and the way that they perform every week they don't concede very much they still are perfectly capable of winning games in midfield uh, they've been they've struggled with injury but if everybody's fully fit which is always the caveat right Benzema and and Vinicius have formed the most dynamic and elite duo this season it, it, across any of the leagues right together they have almost 40 goal contributions so far this season That's and crazy. we're in January right like I don't even want to know what it's going to look like across the second half of the season I think Real Madrid have an ability to surprise teams this year and I think and part of it is PSG right PSG I think we were supposed to be looking at as a European favorite and I think not I don't think anybody thinks that PSG are going to beat Real Madrid right I think Real Madrid can beat almost anybody on their day when they're playing at the top form and if you have one of these, these teams that we consider favorites, yeah, you know what? The likelihood is that City are still better than them. Liverpool are still better. Chelsea's system, we saw it last year, is a real problem for them to deal with, especially with the Conte fit. And Bayern are, are inevitable. But if they, do they not have an ability to upset any of those teams on their day? I think the answer is yes.
1: I think they Maybe do. over two ties, but the, you have to remember also that... Uh, I, I would say that two ties...
0: Anymore. Yeah, and I would say two ties actually hurts them. But like in a one off, yeah. if you put this Real Madrid team against almost any team, yeah. you know how to get it done. And that's a huge, huge check mark in their column.
1: I'd agree with that. But right. I think Pep beats them over two legs, Club beats yeah. them over two legs, Byron beat them over two legs. And that's that's the top and bottom of it. I think yeah. maybe if we're posing it's it true. as are they a threat, I think they could be. I think they could right. be that fourth team in the semifinals. I just yeah. don't think that they'll they'll pose enough of a threat to to, you know, knock any of those teams off their perch. Fair enough. Yeah. I think the argument. Oh, you have another? No, one
0: second. I'll just grab something. Sure. I'll grab the title. Before you move on, I did want- about that no no problem
1: okay okay we get to. sorry i was trying not to yeah i was trying not to cut you off but no no it's okay i would have rather you just yeah yeah
0: just by doing that no problem because it's no worries okay uh last question i'm gonna bring us back in okay bro i've liked the ones that we've had so far like this has been a good couple of debates that we've had we've had four i'm gonna do one more question and that'll wrap it for
1: for today you like this style episode, by the way. I think this is fun. I love it, man. I yeah. love it, and I actually love that we both did very minimal preparation. I didn't yeah. even know the questions, and you you just wrote them down. I just wrote them down, and, and you were since I, I wrote them down yeah. last week. And you're ready to take both sides of the argument. So yep. I think that we're we're both, you know, like I think that's it's it's a good way for people to see that you know we don't just talk about Satan you know, exactly you all the time. <laughs> now that being said, the last question is
0: a city question. It has to be. Because ah you did no, this to it me. Has to I know you. Ju- but here's the thing i have some you know, gag questions that we can talk about okay. but the thing is, is that this, i think this is an important question um, for city because i think i genuinely think there are two sides to this all right now one side is obviously heavier and that's the side that i know you're going to take and i'm going to take the other side because it's the it's the minimal one all right the question do manchester city actually need a striker let's provide okay. some context right the striker has been city's missing piece for a while at current, at present, presently constructed, the system, Pep system, looks absolutely unbeatable. It's the best that we've ever seen it. And yet, there are still clamors that City's missing piece is a proper number nine. But City continue to win each and every week. It's like Manchester City just don't lose. So I ask mm-hmm. you, Mina, which side of the debate would you like to be on? Do Manchester City actually need a striker? I think I'll
1: take the side that actually might surprise you. I think I'll take. I'll say yes. Oh, you're going to take the, how are you going to, I was going yeah. to say the yes. Head. All right, fine. I know, I know you will. I know no, it's fine. easy for you. No, to you're right. Argue, That's a good I thing wanted, that we do this. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I, I think, I don't know if I, I, everybody will just be able to just dismiss it and say they don't need it. They're a top of the league and they're absolutely killing it. I appreciate it you taking the other. It. I appreciate but, you taking this side. Yeah. Yeah, like I think so. I, I actually think that they do because I think the rumors that we heard earlier on in the season is that uh, Pep has this and then one more year and then he's going to be thinking about leaving. Mm. Um, and it's not guaranteed, it's just a rumor that we heard that he might be leaving. And even if he doesn't leave, I still think that CE need a striker because you look at the reason that Aguero was able to sustain himself in the Centurion season and beyond that until he got those injuries and couldn't play anymore. And it's because he literally forced his way into the 11. We thought that Pep was going to sell him or he wasn't yeah. going to play, but he absolutely forced himself into the 11 because of how clinical and lethal he was in front of goal. And yes, Pep can figure out how to play without a goalkeeper if he wants to, because he's yeah. a genius, but you still need a striker. I think Barely that plays with one now. Whether, whether Pep stays or Pep goes... City as a club and as a team on the pitch need a striker. I don't think Gabriel Jesus has been the striker or the he's center forward that yeah. City have needed, uh, but he has, it, to be fair to him, contributed with a lot of goals and that's yeah. part of the City roulette. Well, how think many he's times done, have I said,
0: yeah, he plays every position but striker.
1: Absolutely. Super and versatile. you just got rid of Ferran Torres, which I think was a good flip for you. But yeah. Big we time. genuinely do need a striker, whether that's Holland or it's someone else like Julian Alvarez, who's just um, who I think Fab just tweeted about him. Oh yeah, we're going to talk about that next completely week. Completely up to the board because I think that despite them being very, two very different players, and and I don't mean them too specifically, I just mean the, the styles of strikers that you see around, mm-hmm. I just think that City need a proven goal scorer who can be absolutely relied on week in, week out, even if he doesn't play every single game. I think you need someone like who Chelsea thought they were getting with Lukaku this season. Yeah. You need someone, like, someone who can step up every single week or just whenever called upon to put the ball on the back of the net. Because... Yep teams will sit back teams will be difficult to break through and you need a plan b and pep might have plan b c d e f but one of those plans has to involve a striker yeah yeah it's a fair point i think the only point and
0: just to, just because you didn't say the words but you're kind of getting at it there which is just that the the you know the offering something different right mm-hmm. when the system isn't working what kind of game-breaking Mavericks do you have that? To be honest, that's plan B, right? That's telling Grealish and Bernardo, hey, run at people, get fouls. Hey, run at people, take people on, forget the passing. And sometimes that's you just plan need B. specialists. Then the next plan, right, is, okay, how are we going to deliver from, from all this stuff? The plan, whatever plan you want to call it, it's offering something different. The problem is a lot of cities' uh, system doesn't have the it's you know get a seven footer in there just somebody to head the ball into right it's having yep. the direct guy to go to but i'm not taking that side of the discussion but i, I have to just echo that now you force my hand here i'm gonna argue the side of no and most of you guys listening will already know what the arguments are on this side of the of the debate and it's that not just in terms of parity for football because we're not sympathetic to that right it's every man for himself every club's trying to win as much as they possibly can and this version of Manchester City is every time that we see them, each and every year, they're better and they're better and they're better and they're better. And just when you think that they're, they're, they're at the best that they can do, in comes Bernardo Silva, in comes Phil Foden, in comes a player, in comes Ruben Diaz, in comes a player that is making a difference on the pitch each and every week that you go, boy, like they were good before. Oh my God, I couldn't imagine them now. In yeah. the past few seasons, we've seen that, right? Foden's integration, Diaz immediately cleaning things up, bernardo this season always run people off the park and i'm not even talking about like the raheem sterling's of the world who have been like pfa player of the year candidates in the past or de bruyne who was actually one player of the year none of those things i'm not even talking about that i'm just talking about specifically um, you know having this kind of impact on the pitch and then adding levels and levels and levels now mm-hmm. because the system is so good right now it's an easy argument for no which is that clearly if they needed a striker Not only would they have get one, not only would they have gotten one, but they wouldn't be succeeding right now. And, you know, I've pitched this argument before in the past about how long can City go without addressing their biggest hole while every other club continues to address theirs. Our city is so much better that they can afford to keep doing this. Right. The answer, as we've seen it, whether or not we like it is yes. Manchester City are that much better than everyone else that across 38 weeks doesn't matter. Because they're going to get you. Because the system just doesn't lose. It can start off slow. We can work through kinks, but the ultimate, the bottom line is the line in the sand, is that Pep's system continues to get better, and a striker is not going to necessarily make or break them. Because what could possibly be better than already winning everything?
1: Yeah, and I'm glad that you emphasize the system because someone else who's also a top tactician can come into this team and absolutely achieve nothing with this team. Yep, because Someone else will look at this and be like, "I have no other options. I don't have any clear." Yeah, I it's guess true. characteristics. Yeah, they don't have any clear characteristics where they can, you know, play. You know, <laughs> yeah. A, a, yeah, just just put a card, throw a card in because you know it's currently not working. So I'll throw something different at it. It's Brandon working Rogers because of that. Pep, here, and well, I think to be fair. Brendan Rodgers is a yeah. good for that because he's a manager
0: who does that a lot. He's a manager who goes, "Okay, we got it." Right, but do the he takes right on this
1: squad, and I don't think that he's going to be able to do it I, without with a the, With This current, with this current, uh, you right. know, squad that you have, I don't think anyone else will be able to do it because I think Pep is so much smarter at tactics than everyone else yeah. that he can figure it out with this team. And I think I saw something online, and I completely agree with it. It's just Pep plus unlimited funds equals boring, boring league because he can't take over at Brighton. Or, right, or a but that's by and, his own admission. So that shouldn't be. That shouldn't be a. a no, it's not. It's not a right? stick to beat because him it. Because he no, says that is. first and foremost. He He's like, it.
0: I can accomplish this. The what's important to be emphasized about that because context is important is that
1: no one can do what he can do with a budget because you give any other manager, and that's a limited why he budget, gets and He'll he still gets. get it done. Right. Exactly. Yeah, and and that's the thing. And and as a Man United fan, I know some people to be like, "Why are you saying this?" Because, well, it's it's. <laughs> I know a lot of true. people say that Pep. No one gets the the luxury that Pep gets, but he gets them because it's Pep, right? Like yeah, he's earned he them. gets it because he deserves to actually get this budget or these amount of players. Because yes, when Pep doesn't like a player, he'll sign three others to replace them, and each they're going to be fifty million. But they but the club is willing to do that because they know that they know the high is going to be much higher right. than what it's costing them right now yeah and it's no other a gamble that's just it days. right
0: it's never a gamble it's never oh. like oh i hope this player works out or oh i wonder how he's going to do it no it I could be like, a gamble
1: because you've, almost signed, never. Litos, you've signed no you've signed no, no, Litos, no 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 Litos. but you those were bravo, transitions that's signed, not the like, same
0: that's not the same they almost you can't really judge them based on the flaws because Nolito did do exactly what he needed it to do and then city leveled up and they said cool i don't need you anymore bravo wasn't even a gamble bravo just happened to not be able to save a single shot i don't even think that's a gamble because there wasn't no one looked at that and went, "Oh, I wonder if he's going to be able to fit it." And they went, "Oh yeah, no, obviously you've, this signed, work. you've signed Duds. There like, the have the plan been transfers for that didn't Wendy. work. The plan. There have been transfers that did Yeah. There have but thing. that's not a gamble. I don't think. Right. It's not that they have been players because they weren't necessarily they risky. Gamble. No, I, but if you look at it, that every transfer is a gamble. Then sure, but for the most part, he's not buying like. And I I don't want to just be overly critical on Jaden Sancho, but I'll use Sancho as an example or Pogba, which is like hey, we, we really need a right mid. Cool, let's go get Jaden Sancho. Okay, how's, how are you going to play once you have him? What's going to be different? Oh, uh, we don't know, but he'll figure it out. No, he won't, right? When Pep brings players in, it's because here's what he's going to do for me, right? And you're right. The the left-back conundrum has been a huge thing under Pep's tenure. Guess what? Until he figured it out. Oh, Cancelo, the best left-back in the entire world,
1: yep. right? No, I, I get it, but I, I still think that some like he gets the luxury of, you know, putting yes. John Stones for, for two years on the sidelines until right. he teaches him how to play a system. He gets the luxury right. of, you until know, Ruben Diaz Nathan Diaz. Ake didn't work, bring Ruben Diaz in. Or I don't know, I don't know what, yeah, what don't know. order That, that it was wasn't, for that, that was just like, hey, you're gonna come be Laporte's backup. Yeah, exactly. He knew that. But, but and, he and then he gets get the Diaz. luxury of, you know, getting another left back, uh, uh yeah. getting another center back who can play with his left foot because Laporte is injured. No other manager gets that. And he has made bad transfers before but he deserves to do that because he right. actually figures this out later on and it city's a well enough run club to make money on sales other clubs can't do that and that's right. that's the respect that you can you have to have for the city board because not only are they spending a lot of money but they're actually getting a lot of money from their sales yeah and they're going about it in in a way that yes you can say that they're spending billions and billions of pounds, but it's not like how Chelsea did it with, uh, with Roman Abramovich in 2004, right. where they just signed everyone, no matter how many sales they made. Yeah, And I just think that going back to our argument beyond pet, this crop of players won't work. And you're going to look at it with an aging Kevin De Bruyne and a very important set of players in the spine, but to get the best out of the current crop of players, you will need a striker to tie everything together when the new manager comes in.
0: Yeah, and I agree with most of that point. I I don't necessarily agree that it's not going to work with the current crop of players because I think the I think the players are are so elite that they're going to be able to do it. But if you if you're saying It'll they're just not going to be able to hit the same heights as they ha- as they did under Pep, yeah, well that's a different discussion because of course not, right? No one's going to be able to get more out of this group than Pep is because Pep is the best at doing it, right? No, no one will be able to be like, hey, let me outdo Pep, but someone could mimic it, right? And do it on a lesser level. And to be honest, you look at the point gap between City and everybody else, and I don't necessarily need it to be done at as high a level, right? As long as they're still winning, City could still afford to take a step down and it would just become competitive. It wouldn't even be that they're now they might not win it'll be like oh now we have an actual title race cuz right now city just outdo everyone every single week
1: no i i understand that it'll it will be competitive if city take a step down and and absolutely if pep goes it will be competitive but i just think that this current crop of players will then be turned into tools for a different system and mm-hmm. then and then and then the squad doesn't make sense anymore. The spine of it will a lot of the eleven will, but then the rest that are just sitting on the sidelines in this massive squad that needs to be done. Yeah. Because of then the, the squad will be shaped. makes
0: sense. sense? Yeah, yeah. And I yeah, wonder, and the, I wonder. And you know what? We'll be right here doing podcasts when they do right when that happens. Totally. We will be predicting who's going to go, who's like a key member of the thing who gets you're to right. survive. Yeah. Cancelo's not going to be a left back post Pep, right? Whoever the manager is, oh, will okay. be like, cool. You're going to be there, the new right back, right? Just just by example. Yeah right? You're going to have Phil Foden will probably be a cam, right? Like, as we thought he would be. But They're going to have like, defined Pep's positions. Like, no, no, no. What for? And yeah, they'll play, play consistently. Anywhere. Right? Yeah. The thing is, I think the what we're, what we're kind of, you know, not saying here is that City's system is predicated on fluidity and positionless play, where everyone can do pretty much everything. No other manager does that. Mm-hmm. And so post-Pep, you're right. These players will have more defined roles, which could be better for them. Right, just by example, right? Because they could be yep. the star of their of the team, hypothetically,
1: or with could, the knowledge that or, they gained, right? Or, yep.
0: could, or it could, or could just not work out, right? So, and that's going to be on them, right? Because I bet you and there's could a manager a 50/50 out there
1: for some players.
0: I bet you Gabriel Jesus could be an elite striker at a different club, but under City, it's yep. like no, 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 that's not. He's just it doesn't work with what we're trying to get him to do. So we still have a role for him. It's just not what everybody thinks it will be.
1: Right. And I think that everybody understands that they'll play 30 games a season because yeah. everybody yeah, yeah. shuffles everywhere except for goal but yeah. but everybody knows that they will play at some point in the season in an important game mm. fair enough and and yeah. and i think that's what keeps them grounded and, and a lot of people don't like that and they've left the club or they just complain and they sit on the sidelines but the rest that actually do like credit to john stones for you know accepting being on the sideline for two seasons until he figures out how to play the system yeah right so it, it's it's a credit to, to Pep's system, but just for a plan beyond that, you don't want to find yourself in a situation where the club is screwed because they didn't plan for life beyond Pep.
0: Yeah. And they're and never not getting to. in a striker. Because they 100% will. Yeah. And even yeah. then, then you know what? Maybe it doesn't even have to be getting in a striker now. It'll be, hey, whenever we need a striker, we'll go get one, right? Whoever. No, manager, and since does that. But yeah, exactly. They, like, okay. They need-
1: haven't signed one because they don't need one right now. But. Yeah that's for right now my right. argument is long-term city already city needs a go yeah and city's, city's biggest moments targets, have been because right? of like that. they yeah. they get the targets that they want or yeah. similar targets or um or, or, or just other names and you don't go out and and dash out big 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 money like you won't go out and get a hundred million pound striker but you won't no. get someone from that profile yeah and they'll be well scouted because the scouting network does what it needs to do yep so you will get one when the opportunity or the need arises to do so right but at the moment for this season specifically it's not the case i'm just saying beyond may it might need to be the case
0: yeah and we'll have to see and next week we'll see because right now the transfer window hasn't even closed yet so we'll see what happens yeah um, I think this is a good place to leave it for episode 127 of the Jersey wall podcast. Is that fair? I
1: think so too. Yeah.
0: We got it some is. more questions, which means we could do episodes like this. I actually again. did like yeah. that. Yeah. We we should, we oh, should, we should do this more often. We should do this more yeah. often, bro.
1: More content. Hey, you know what? I liked
0: it. It's my birthday, dude. I know. Happy birthday, birthday again. Happy thank birthday. You, much, you know, happy birthday today. Thank you everybody. Thank you everyone for for being with me on my birthday. You guys are be uh, the number one invites on my birthday party list. Love you all. <laughs> Thank you all for joining us. Thank you all for joining me. Thank you for joining Mina on episode number 127 of the Jersey Wall podcast. As always, I'm your host, Mr. Nathan Santos. You can find me on Instagram at the Nathan Santos. Make sure to wish me a happy birthday on there. You can find the podcast on Instagram at TJW Podcast, and you can find it everywhere else uh, at Master Chef Nay. That's where you can find me, including on YouTube, where you can find special bonus clips of the podcast, excerpts, bro talks other fun stuff that we do check it all out there also Master Chef nay on tiktok where we do tjw bites shorter forms of jersey wall content mina where can we see more from you
1: you can find me on instagram at me and talkali 98 and on twitter i'll follow you back if you can find me
0: boom brother and one thing i forgot the number one most pressing question of the day are you going to go to
1: dot and enter the promo code tjw10 absolutely because i do want a man united away jersey and an egypt jersey so i i will but will the people absolutely they will because you know what here's the thing with this question you know why it's not as pressing because there's
0: no counter argument there's only one thing to do right there's no argument for no the answer is yes i will go to (laughs) elmont youthsoccer.com pick out the nicest jersey of my life be super satisfied with the quality and the price and enter the promo code tjw10 to save money look good and help support the show guys. We really appreciate you joining us each and every week. We love you so much. We will see you next time right here on the Jersey World Podcast, baby. Woo!